This is Knesset Corner with Rabbi Dov Lippmann. I'm Scott Kahn. Rabbi Lippmann, we've been hearing a lot about Moshe Kochlon and his party, Kulanu, and their new tax breaks, subsidies. What exactly is this? So right after Pesach, uh, the finance minister uh, called a press conference quite suddenly, actually. No one knew. It was a very carefully kept secret. And he announced a series of reforms which will make a very big difference uh, in people's lives and middle-class Israel, so to speak, uh, mainstream families, both in terms of tax cuts and in terms of benefits, subsidies for child care, uh, things that are very, very welcome and a very good turn in terms of the mainstream Israeli family and saving and saving money and also being able to finish the So money. you support these tax cuts? Absolutely uh, support it. It's done in a responsible way. Uh, let's remember, it's not uh, someone coming out of nowhere and promising something which can't be uh, followed through. It's a five billion shekel plan, which is not insignificant at all. But it's coming from a budget surplus. The every year the government analyzes how much tax revenue they expect to make, and the annual budget is made based on that. There are times that we collect more. By the way, there are billions and billions and billions of shekel of uncollected taxes, which if they come, it's a wonderful gift. And uh, he announced this this program in terms of how he's going to use that money in a very social uh, way, in a way that will benefit, like I said, uh, the mainstream uh, middle class Israel. Well, if it's based on a budget surplus, does that mean that these changes will be for one year only? So it's a good question. Many people question, what does this mean in terms of, is it a long term? Uh, there are certain benefits which, which come to a conclusion at some point. At the moment, he wants to put it in as this is the plan. Let's say, for example, example, the taxes on the cell phones from overseas, which are uh, going to go down in the, significantly. The tariffs, uh, that's going to make a big difference in terms of how much they cost here in Israel. Uh, that's something which will be longstanding and, and can stay in, in place. Of course, every benefit that he gives is going to have to be analyzed on an annual basis to make sure that it can be uh, paid for. Uh, but at the moment, uh, it seems like it's, it's socially responsible, and it's something which even we in the opposition uh, certainly can support. Well, speaking of the opposition, it sounds like the government itself is torn over this particular plan. Something happened with Kahlon and Netanyahu. Can you explain what's going on with that? Well, there's never been a lot of warm uh, relationship uh, between the two. Let's remember, to go back for a moment, Moshe Kahlon was a minister in the Likud government. His communications minister, and, right? Correct, and left. Uh, and left uh, on unfriendly terms and then started his own party. Uh, that read right away doesn't set a very good tone, but he feels that the prime minister very much manhandled him when it came to the issue of the media and the new media corporation that was being set up. Where Kachlan, Even back then? Uh, well, more, more in recent, in the, in the last few months, ah. where he feels that the prime minister went back on what the government had agreed to regarding the new uh, media corporation that was being set up and Kachlan had no choice but to support it. This this was, by most people, a little bit of payback that the prime minister was not involved uh, in this new rollout of tax benefits and subsidies. He was not there at the press conference. Not only was he not there at the press conference, he didn't even know about it. He heard about it from the media like everyone else. So some people within Likud responded to that by saying, we won't support it. Uh, others said, no, we have to see. Uh, the prime minister seems to have asked them to tone down uh, the rhetoric and, and be supportive or and swallow it, so to speak. But we said from the opposition that even if the Likud uh, votes against uh, these reforms and these benefits, the opposition would support them to make sure that they could pass. I don't understand something. It's, admittedly, I'm coming as an outsider over here. 
But if this is a form of payback, it sounds almost like a petty form of payback in the sense that it's not something which has any political benefit except to sort of stick it to the prime minister. Is that true or am I missing something? Well, there is political benefit in the finance minister, Moshe Kahlon, standing there by himself at a press conference, taking the credit legitimately uh, for this plan and, and the average Israeli citizen seeing, OK, this is a... Kulanu party plan and not Likud party, when it comes to elections, people will remember uh, the benefits that he provided them with and the change in their in their lives uh, that he made, and to his credit, and he deserves that. So standing there alone and not being overshadowed by the presence of the prime minister uh, is not just petty political payback. It is giving him political capital as well. And do you think that it's going to pass? I, I, I see no reason why it wouldn't move through. The question is, sometimes these reforms take time to develop, and some things he could put into place right away. Like, I believe the t- cell phone uh, change could happen immediately. It's just the finance minister waving off a tariff. There's no Knesset legislation required, and that's fine. Other it's things, his decision alone. Correct. Other things require more of a uh, Knesset process, and that could take some time. There are people who are out there who said, oh, we see that elections are coming. If someone's coming out and giving a rollout like this kind, I'm actually not cynical that way. I do believe that Moshe Kachlon is trying to do uh, something good and positive, and I think his heart and mind are in the right place. He had this um, ability with the $5 billion checkout. Let's remember also, take a step back for a moment. When we came into office... Uh, and Yaril Lapid was finance minister, there was a 40 billion shekel deficit. And we had to make some very painful cuts and difficult things to do, which hurt people uh, in their pockets to sort of uh, get things back when they needed to be and to uh, even out the budget. When Moshe Kahlo came into office, he thanked the previous five minutes finance minister for those steps and giving him a balanced, bu- a balanced budget to work from. And then the surplus just built off of that. So I don't think it was just electioneering. I think it's he's a person who wants to try and do good things. And if he has the money to do so, why not uh, give it to the people and give it to them in this way. Another topic which is on the table right now is the upcoming Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzimut commemorations and celebrations. And you told me something very interesting, which I hadn't known, that the first ever Haredi Yom HaZikaron commemoration is going to be taking place this coming Monday. What do you know about that? So, you know, the, the Haredi community has had a real struggle with how to deal with these commemorations. Because on the one hand, they're not uh, super supportive of the entity called the State of Israel. They don't encourage their young men to go to the army. That's on the one hand, and therefore they wouldn't want to participate. On the other hand, they do have a concept of hakarat tov, of gratitude, of recognizing these are soldiers who gave their lives. And, and the Haredi leaders historically, or Shlomo Zaman Arbach and others, certainly spoke out about how they revered these soldiers who, who were killed in action and, and the need to recognize them. I actually davened uh, this past Shabbat at at uh, the shul in the Grushul in, in where he Rav Zalman used to daven and the Haredi population and they said the prayer for the soldiers uh, really? in the state and I was really touched by that and that's a that's a carryover from him where he said okay we don't have to say the prayer for the state but we do have to pray uh, for the soldiers so the question was always what do they do about the commemorations both in terms of do we participate fully on, a, on an ideological level and also on a religious level are the things that happen at these commemorations women singing other things which we don't associate with but there's been a and growing, those are valid concerns. Correct. And there's been a 100% valid concerns. I understand the, the challenge they find themselves in. But there's been a growing feeling, especially amongst young Haredim, young Haredim both who serve and don't serve, 
we're not doing enough. We, we're part of a state here. There's young people our age who are dying, and we need to do something. And therefore, a group of them got together, some who have served in the army and some not, but they're Haredim, uh, from the mainstream Haredi community, who said, we have to have a commemoration. They're doing it this week uh, in the Begin Center. There will be prayers for the soldiers, Tehillim for the soldiers, a speaker from the IDF. And, and again, for the first time in an official way, again, it's not from the Haredi political parties. That's the beauty of this. It's not politics. It's not petty politics. It's not any kind of games. It's just Haredim coming out and saying, we want to identify with what the country is going through at this time as well. Well, what makes it Haredi per se then? In what sense is it a Haredi program? The people who are there. The people, I mean, it's, it's, it's made of Haredim. It's organized by Haredim. It's Haredim saying, we have to stand up. If our leaders won't do it, we're going to do it. These are not big names in the Haredi community, but it's a Haredi event, and you'll see yeshiva guys and kolol and people who are working and people who serve in the army from the Haredi community that are there. And I think, again, like everything, it's a baby step. It's an important first step. I'm looking forward to being part of it. Are you going to it as well? I will be there. Have there been people who've been trying to stop it? Has there been any pushback from the Haredi community? What, you haven't seen a lot of noise about it uh, in the press, and that's deliberate. Uh, they, did, they did not want that pushback. They did not want to turn this into any kind of controversy. So it's been very quiet, and I think the media coverage will be during it and after the fact. Uh, but they didn't want to have the pushback that you generally would find beforehand. I think it's to the credit of the Haredi parties, they haven't decided to make this into a big issue in the negative sense. Nor do I think they will. The Haredi parties, as much as you know, I've been critical and, and I'll, I'll speak out against them, uh, there, there is certainly a recognition of, of soldiers and they, they take part also in, in commemorations of the Knesset uh, for soldiers. Many of them have served in the army, let's be fair, certainly in the Shas party. So uh, we have to always be careful about how we speak about it, but they will not ever in my opinion, uh, lead the way on this. But it could be that if the population itself stands up and says, we need this, then even the political apparatus could follow. It's very important that I hear about this because there's been so much discussion lately about some of these extreme Haredi groups blocking roads, protesting any going into the army, even going into the Shkatek use, even going to get a deferment, dealing anything like that. Sometimes people might make the mistake of thinking this represents the mainstream Haredi community. And this kind of event demonstrates that that's not the case. Yeah, it's been a frustrating few months for everyone in the country as we've had extremists blocking intersections. And it really can be frustrating. It really can ruin people's plans and schedules. And and it def- definitely generates significant pushback and even, I would say, sadly, hatred uh, towards the Haredi community. Uh, it is not mainstream. It's a small group, a small group that's willing to make a lot of noise, uh, led by Rabbi Shmuel Arbach and the Pelagi Yushalmi, they're called. Um, but... What's happening on the ground is such a different story, and that is, we just had a report last week on Israel Army Radio that there's more uh, is Haredi officers in the army than ever before. There's been a significant increase uh, for the past years. That, is that part of Nachal Haredi or mainstream army? Some in Nachal Haredi, some in Shachar Kachol, which is the Air Force program. And that's fine for me, meaning the fact that it's happening within Haredi programs is a wonderful thing. And if that's how they're emerging and developing as officers, uh, that's wonderful. And uh, I've always said that you know, Israel will reach the point it needs to reach when there's Haredi generals. That's the point when, when everybody can make it, everybody can have an impact, everybody can have an influence from all backgrounds, and even for the Haredi population to have its influence on broader Israel, that's when we'll know that it's happening. So you're seeing this outburst from the extremist side, but these trends, officers, Yom uh, Zikaron ceremony, uh, more soldiers serving than ever before, uh, more Haredim serving in the army than ever before, more Haredim doing national service than ever before, more Haredim in higher education than ever before. It's quiet, it's on a street level, but it's happening. And, and everyone who's listening should 
Of course, you can be frustrated with the demonstrations that you see in the extremism, but do not misinterpret that as we're going in the wrong direction because on a ground level, a street level, we're actually going in the right direction. So it's a response to going in the right direction. Very much so. It's very much a last gasp, a last, we're losing this, so to speak, uh, and that's what you see going on. And therefore, we should just continue to support those who are going to the army, those programs that are geared towards Haredim. This is important. People should not think, oh, they should become part of the regular army. We, they should, we, no, the country should continue to go out of its way to give them the special programs that they need uh, so they can be comfortable in the army. My own son is serving the army right now in a, in a section that's for boys who studied in yeshiva where they have davening three times a day. He has time in his day to learn a little bit where they have Shabbat in the army in, in, a, in a Shabbat atmosphere. And I think that that makes it possible for religious boys to feel that they're serving in the army, contributing, continuing to grow spiritually uh, while they're there, not in any way feeling that they're hurting themselves, just the opposite, positive on all levels. I'm Scott Kahn with Rabbi Dov Lippmann. You've been listening to Knesset Corner.